Welcome to another episode of Crime and Coffee Couple. I am Mike. And I am Allison. Yeah, baby girl. And um, we are a couple that uh, drinks some coffee and talks about some crimes and other happenings and, you know, just interesting stories that we like to share with our listeners here. So uh, thanks for gathering around. It's my turn this week. We take turns and um, I- I'm uh, going to be going over quite, quite an interesting little case here. So uh, but before we get started, you know, definitely follow us online on uh, Instagram and Twitter. We're Crime and Coffee, the number two. So Crime and Coffee two on each of those. Uh, we've been interacting with fans and stuff. I'm kind of the social media guru. Would you call me a guru? I would call you a guru. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know much about social media outside of just posting pictures, like this whole reels thing on Instagram. Just kind of baffles me. And then we got this TikTok thing, you know, from you kids today. So we're gonna have our daughter, who's like ten, probably help us out with TikTok. I would yeah, say. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, yeah. So that that that's coming pretty soon. And then uh, YouTube, you know, obviously you hear me talking about it every week, and uh, I screw up something every week to get the video going. It's uh, been interesting. Yeah. So would you say, like, um, you think less of me because of my ability to... No. To, okay. Don't yeah. be silly. At least not audibly, right? We don't know what bubbles under the surface here, Mike, but we're going to leave it there. Yeah. Okay. Good, good. Yeah. <laughs> I always say at work, if only people could hear the thoughts in my head, it'd be ugly. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's kind of interesting because it feels like you've kind of say every thought in your head <laughs> oh i keep i keep some under wraps <laughs> do you good yeah especially at work well if you could do that more i think that'd be I very helpful i don't know that i'm capable of that keep at, the, as, you at know, the house people out there keep as much as you can inside no don't that's bad it. for the soul <laughs> i know i'm just kidding um but for you it's good for you it's good <laughs> so i can rot in my infester in my soul well not everything you know <laughs> maybe leave out five percent you know talk about the five percent and it should only be happy things i'm a sharer yeah you sure are you share a lot of things <laughs> A lot of complaining, a lot of belly aching, <laughs> uh, but you're very strong. You're a strong-willed person. Uh, you're very strong. And uh, our thing about you is she complaining. She complaining. Yeah. So you, you do some complaining. It's okay. But you do a lot. Um, so, you know, hey, that's okay. Um, so, yeah, it's follow us on the social media stuff. And uh, I was actually talking to a couple of our, our listeners here this week. Erin, um, she, uh, she pointed out that our feed wasn't working on, um, what was it? Um, Stitcher. It wasn't working on Stitcher. It wasn't like updating for some huh, reason. That's weird. Yeah. So sorry if anybody listens to us on Stitcher. I, I and then you know, right as Aaron emailed, um, or you know, right as she had messaged, I emailed Stitcher. Was like, hey, what's going on here? But they were super quick. Oh, that's nice. So they fixed it. Yeah, same day, like hours later. Oh, so. good. Well, thank you, Aaron, for pointing that out and letting yeah. us know. And then she said, hey, you guys need to try an espresso machine for your coffees. And I was like, oh, girlfriend. We, we got it. Yeah, we got this. So we got the Nespresso. I actually have a shot in my coffee, and you have like one every single day. Every day I put a shot of espresso in mine. Yeah. Um, it just enhances the taste of the coffee. We like strong coffee. We were staying at a resort a couple weeks ago with our cousin. She made the first pot of coffee, which I thought was fine. And um, then I made the second pot, and she's like, Whoa, oh my goodness, it's strong. (laughs) And uh, we were saying, like, I put a scoop of coffee in for every cup, and then I a scoop at the end for good luck <laughs> that was my my question how many scoops per like cup if you have a drip coffee maker which we we just do keurig now yeah but at this time we were using a drip stuff and yeah. and when i say a scoop it's like a tablespoon not like a, a official tablespoon like a big spoon like a big spoon you get in your drawer yeah and it was heaping yeah. so that's probably lot. two tablespoons yeah we want to grow some hair on our chest yeah which you don't need any help with mike yeah or my shoulders for that no matter. we so, need to shave you down or back again. or any of those areas he's a silverback gorilla yeah yeah i sure am so um that that just means a lot of testosterone yes and a lot of love to share so So there are some really cool espresso machines though um like our friend we were in illinois visiting and her mom has like a a fancy keurig it does all sorts of things oh yeah by by really cool you probably mean expensive i don't know how much it costs cheapo well i mean scrooge probably more than the hundred dollars we spent on our keurig i would say oh probably more than a hundred dollars well what i'm thinking is these delonginis that are like a thousand dollars or something oh those are the big guns i don't even know if i'm saying that i have no idea i don't know the name of them i just know like bobby flay has one in his kitchen and they i mean people who have it are like in love with it well it's all about the pressure that you press through the 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 beans you know and that the nespresso does an okay job it it does a pretty good job from what i understand i mean i love it but um i guess these delonginis it's the bars of pressure or something yeah that makes sense to extract as much as you can out of the bean but here's my question we don't have the best water like we don't have a um water softener so like our inside of our Keurig, you have to like descale with vinegar and whatnot. So yeah, I water. wonder if that would kind of make it not as good. Um, I mean, you, you, 
if you put bad crap into a good machine, it's not going to make it better. Like these Richie Richies, like uh, Bobby Flay probably has like the top of the line everything. Well, so. you can use distilled water probably. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. That's yeah, well, just too much. You know, we should, we should. We should buy like a gallon of distilled or something. And just I mean, it's it super cheap. Right. Hey, why not? Yeah, something. Give it a shot. We'll, think we'll try it next week. We'll let you know how it goes. And see if we taste a difference. Yeah. We had another listener, Colleen, reach out. She said that she feels like we're just kind of talking to her because we talked about you know a lot of different things she was going through, like um, our you know dogs. You know, we kind of lost our chihuahuas around the same uh, you know, time frame and stuff. So I'm sorry for you, Colleen. Yeah. Yeah. Very sorry. It's it's one of those things. And she has a pug, too. Oh, really? So, yeah, yeah. Oh, pugs are such special little dogs. Yeah. They're so it's funny. We I have one next them. door. Our dog, our dog Poppy, always runs around with the uh, the pug next door. Like uh, yeah, they run back and forth on the fence together. And mind you, our little Shorky Poppy has to wear a pillow around her neck. I don't know if we've ever talked about it on the podcast, but <laughs> she's small enough to fit through a couple of grates of our fence. There's just certain parts that it gaps too big, and she's so tiny she can fit right through. So she has to have this pillow that buttons around her neck. <laughs> She and the looks little hilarious. Witch, the little witch. If you don't put the pillow on her, she beelines right for the fence and knows she can get through. Yeah. She just hops through like it's nothing. Yep. Just puts her head through first and, oh, the head fits. So the rest does. Okay. Boop, boop, boop. Oh, and she's guys so later. funny. Yeah. But yeah, so we love um, pugs. But um, speaking of our chihuahua, I don't know if we mentioned last week, did we, that our friend Lauren gave us a painting. Lauren and Mark gave us a painting I can't of remember. Stella. It was just so special. Lauren, um, our, one of our best friends, her father-in-law does pet paintings, mm-hmm. and she surprised us with a portrait of Stella, and it just brought tears to our eyes. Maybe we'll post it just so people can see it. Yeah, he so. did such a good job. So it's hanging in our family room. and Special piece. Yeah, yeah. So She was a good girl. So, um, And real quick, I just wanted to kind of talk about what I had going on. I know we were already like six minutes in. That's so. okay. Don't worry about it. Um, I, I, I've been obsessed, absolutely obsessed with the show Friday Night Lights on Netflix. It's not new by any stretch of the imagination. It's like 10 years old, I think, even. You're a little late to the party? Yeah, very late. Like, I can't talk to anybody about it because no. it's like, yeah, oh yeah, I saw that 10 years ago. So they're like... Where the hell have you been, Mike? Yeah, I don't know. And I knew I would like it. So, But the thing is, I usually only watch things with you, right? So, Well, you travel a shit ton now. You've been traveling like the past several weeks. Most of the week, you're gone. And um, I don't want to talk too much about that. Well, whatever. But no, just in case, you know. I mean, we're on a murder podcast. So, that's true. Yeah. So anyway, um, you've been having more time in like a hotel room to watch things. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, airplanes and hotel rooms, whatever. Um, so it's it's nice. I get to watch these things. I, I I you know download them all, and it's just like Friday. It's it's just like a Varsity Blues. Right, remember Varsity Blues? Yeah. So that was a, a football movie from way back, and I used to play high school football in Illinois. So this is all about high school football in Texas, and it's all the teenage drama. But there's also like a oh, you got some frogs there. Yeah, several frogs. I definitely. Um, it, it's it's about the the whole culture of Texas football. It's it, intense. Yeah, and there's a a really cute like married couple that's an adult couple, and it reminds me of us. Like they're they're both very respectful of each other. Kind of like just, you know, have their shit together. You can tell they love each other. Um, and there's also like a young, young couple that gets together young. And it kind of Kind of like me. us? Yeah, we got together at 16. So yes. So, we were so cute back then. Yeah. And of course, there's like tons of drama. Like, you know, a drama you would experience through like four years of high school happens in about a week at this oh, okay. place. Okay, wow. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah. but It's like watching The Real Housewives. It is. Cameron, our son, is always like, how can they always be fighting? It's because like, their editors and directors tell them, here, you guys talk about this and go. I'm a Real Housewives junkie, though. Yeah, you just uh, threatened me with physical violence because you said you were watching the Real Housewives of New Jersey. Well, you bumped me with the bathroom door. I'm like, you're messing with the wrong girl here. <laughs> I was like, sorry, I was watching the Real Housewives of New Jersey. I'll cut a bitch. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you didn't cut a bitch because I'd be very, very <laughs> sad to be cut right now. Yes. Yeah. So anything going on in your world? Um, Mike busted up our window yesterday when we were trying to wash windows. It's like, I have a task in mind. Let's get these damn windows washed. And he, you just busted the window. Well, because I needed to take out the screen. And usually, to be fair, I do screw something up. Usually, we're, we're living in like a 15-year-old house. so like Things start to need to be repaired. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So the screens are one of them. I mean, the, the screen was kind of popping off. But as I was lifting the window, the <laughs> I guess they're, I forget what they're even called, the balancers or the balance. Nobody knows. I know, because I had the YouTube Well, yesterday. I don't. But I think they're called balance things. The things that like balance the, the window so it doesn't just slam on your fingers every time. All I know is when I want to open my window, I 
want it to open. And when I want to close my window, I want it to close. I don't care how it's done. I don't care what's in there. I just want it to close and open. Same here. But the problem is that one wasn't. And I don't want to pay some dude 500 bucks to go fix it. When well, I can... meanwhile, it's still not fixed. Right. Correct. And so, I tried yesterday. But you can't. You, you don't know unless you try. I appreciate your efforts for sure. But it totally derailed my window cleaning. Yeah. Well, the problem with you is you have these expectations. If they're I not do. met, then, you know, I get it. I get you wanted it done. It's not like I was trying not to. Hey, I was chill about it, though, wasn't I? Yeah. And I was trying to help you. And you've also said that it's my job today by myself to do it. Outside. No, I did the bulk of our windows. And you're like, inside. so we're going to finish? No, I did all of them inside. <laughs> no. And I did most of them outside. We're going to finish? And you're like, so t- tomorrow we're going to finish? I'm like, no, you're going to finish. <laughs> <laughs> well... That's okay, because you said you're going to bake some bread, so I'm looking forward to eating that. Yeah, I think I might de- delay that until next week. Oh, crap. But I am making... Oh, and by the way, what folks... What are you doing all day? And I don't know if you've... Um, if I mentioned this last week, apparently I have dementia, but if you're looking for a good vodka sauce, um, Barefoot Contesta... Barefoot Contessa's... Uh, I just had a stroke. You all just heard me have a stroke on the air. Um, it's called like Nick and Tony's. I don't know what it's exactly called, but if you Google Barefoot Contessa vodka sauce, it is the bomb. Yeah, it was delicious. You thought you made double and you didn't. I no, think. I didn't think I made double. Oh. I made one single recipe, but I thought it would serve us for two nights. Yeah. I suggest if you're going to make it, double it. Yeah. It's super easy. It's a perfect Sunday recipe because it only takes like maybe 10 minutes to put together and then you pop in the oven for like an hour and a half and your whole house smells like a treacheria. Did I say that right? Uh, it's, it sounded like you were saying treachery, which is <laughs> kind of scary. But <laughs> trattoria. Trattoria. Yeah. Sorry, my Italian's a little rusty. <laughs> it is, ever since. You know. So I'm telling you, folks, you will not regret it. It's yeah. delicious. Well, I, ju- I learned that vodka sauce is made with cream. So really anything with cream in it is really It's just good. a swirl of cream at the so end to like pink it. Okay. You, you take it from red to pink. Yeah. And yeah. the kids loved it. And then on Sundays, we like to sit with our bowl of pasta or whatever and watch something while we eat. Yeah. Family stuff. Yeah. Family oh, stuff. and yesterday we celebrated that we had gotten 10,000 downloads. Oh, my downloads. gosh. I forgot. Yeah. So we got 10,000 downloads. Thanks so much for everybody listening. It's like it's listeners like you. Like you. Like I'm talking to you. Yeah. Who are you listening right you. now? You. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you and you and you. And you. And well, not that. That guy person. in the back, too. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Um, so we went out for ramen as a family. Yeah. So we're, we're growing, man. If I could figure out this YouTube thing, I, I promise to try to figure it out as soon as possible. Hopefully by next week, we'll get back on YouTube. So yeah. We'll which I was kind of glad to not because now I'm sitting in my sweatpants and a t-shirt. Yeah. And I'm doing the same. It's nice to, yeah. you know, just be cozy. But you still look pretty. Well, thanks. I put some makeup on for you, Mike. Oh, very nice. I appreciate that. So you ready to get started? Yeah, let's do this thing. Um, this is a, a little story told to me by my friend Josh. We oh, were, uh, thanks, Josh. We were out like a month ago or something, and he like mentioned it. And so what I do, I go to my Google Keep and mm-hmm. write down stuff. Smart. Yeah. Because you think you're going to remember, but you don't. Correct. Oh, and I'm not I, saying to you. I'm saying like to me. Oh, no. Me? I know I'm not going to remember anything. Yeah. In basically. one ear, out the other. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. This one is um, the story of Chris Smith. Now, what's that's a pretty you know common name, <laughs> right, Chris Smith. Right. The the unfortunate thing about that is that there's you Google Chris Smith birth date and you know college graduation date and a million different Chris Smiths. Come I up. would so, imagine. So you know there might not be those those fine fine details like you know the exact like day that he graduated, but I've got a lot of good details yeah, in here. Yeah, good. So I'm excited because I've never heard of this particular Chris Smith. And if you did, you probably forgot because it's a common name. Yes. So. So Chris Smith, he uh, grew up in Watsonville, California, with his family near San Jose and San Francisco. Okay. Just to kind of give you a little geography, um, you know, right nearby the Pacific Ocean and all that. His family was very active, uh, very active type, always be out and about. You know, they had they lived near a lake and uh, did a lot of wakeboarding and just, you know, water sports in general, water skiing, this and that. I think a lot of people in California tend to be active because of the climate and just how beautiful it is yeah and all the trails and such it's uh, also the same for like oregon washington very well, healthy oregon more so than washington probably because of the gray skies but yeah a lot of hiking just able to get out there and go and you see a lot of other people doing the same thing and they, there were no no exception here uh also they'd get out to the pacific ocean a lot do a lot of surfing oh sweet so just very active you know good looking family um just you know all all, all very active the family also did pretty well for themselves so is chris the father no Chris okay. is, was a kid. At okay. this. You know, when, I'm, when I'm talking about live near a lake, he's like the kid. Okay, got it. And what year is this? Um, right around like when he was born. Again, I couldn't find when he was born, but actually, I should probably do the math because I know when he whatever. But uh, in the like 
probably around the same time we were born. So in the like uh, um, 1979, 80s, Yeah, we were 90s. born in 1979. This whole thing takes place in like 2000, 2008, 2009. Okay. So he's close to our age? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we were like 42. Yeah. So, all right. So, um, yeah, the, his family was pretty well off. Um, he was a very nice guy, you know, always shared the wealth with his friends if, you know, they needed something, buy something, you know, just whatever, especially when he was young. Um, so his parents were paying for his friends, correct. obviously. Cause, yes. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, in like, you know, if somebody needed something, he'd be happy to share, like, mm-hmm. you know, through his bank account. So, um, so he was so, you know, they did so much wakeboarding that at one point he became a professional wakeboarder. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately for a very short time because uh, he injured his Achilles tendon. Oh. I guess apparently landing on water is the same as landing on concrete when yeah. you're going 50 miles an hour. That makes sense. Yeah. So pretty much ruptured his Achilles and the Achilles tendon is a terrible, terrible injury. So, you know, you injure that and you're pretty much done. And he was. So uh, he ended up going to college. And then in 2009, um, you know, he, he learned a bunch of business things. He, he, he kind of had aspirations of being a tech entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. A lot of people in California. Absolutely. So San Jose is like Silicon Valley. Based. Yeah. I mean, that that's not like it is Silicon Valley. So <laughs> It's like Silicon <laughs> Valley. It's the exact same thing because oh, it, is. it is. Yes. Yes. That's the uh, where Google and all the big you know, online companies, not Amazon, but a lot of the, the big tech companies are born. So... Yeah, he had ambitions to be a tech entrepreneur. Um, didn't know exactly where, but he wanted to be the CEO of a tech company, basically. Um, he had a couple small hit websites after graduation. Uh, one was localprofit.com. Uh, some guy you know, gave him some like old inventory, and he was able to kind of sell it off and make a quick profit. So he's like, why don't I do this for everybody? So any business owner that has a ton of like old crap that they want to sell, mm-hmm. go to Local Profit, and somebody will take it off your hands, and then you know, make some profits off of it. Um, in one month, he made seventy-two grand. Oh, that would be so nice. <laughs> so that was decently successful. I mean, it wasn't like every month. Like tech is up and down. Yeah. Like he might be doing nothing, like jack squat because he's building a website and advertising, losing money. But then one a month, he made seventy-two grand. Yeah. So that that's pretty good. And that's not a year. That's in a month. That would be nice. And then, then we could then we can call a guy out to fix our window. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't be a problem. So yeah, um, he started that one, which you know was fine. It kind of fizzled, and then he also started a social network for surfers called Swellster, hmm. which kind of fun name. Yeah. Um, but yeah, neither one really got too successful. He was kind of looking for the next big idea. So while he's in Laguna Beach, he co-founded a company called Eight Hundred Exchange, and this will be the one we're talking about here. Okay. So Eight Hundred Exchange X C H A N G E with a guy named Edward Shin. Uh, Shin was a son of a Korean immigrants and had always been an overachiever. Um, you know, just always you know, great test scores, um, very savvy with numbers, and very smart guy, basically. And um, 800 Exchange was their company, and it's a marketing or lead generation service that would advertise for things like banks and insurance companies, and then pass those leads onto businesses that would pay for them. So, like, basically, they'd run really generic commercials and just be like, refinance your mortgage now. Call 1-800, blah, 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 blah. Or, like, hey, do you have a lot of credit debt? Call 1-800, blah, blah, blah. You know, whatever it is. They're looking for people that could use the services of clients that they engage with, basically. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, a mortgage company would be like, okay, we'll pay you for, you know, 20 bucks a lead or whatever. And so, they'd make the commercial and then they'd give the leads to these mortgage companies. Sell them, basically. So, not really, like... (laughs) <laughs> this isn't like helping the world kind of stuff or anything. This is just basically making it's it's kind of looked down on, you know, it's but at the same time can be very lucrative. Right. So, um, yeah, they're making some really good money and basically living the good life. I mean, things are things are piping, running pretty smoothly and just looking really good. And both Edward and Chris are, are looking pretty good right now. Uh, Chris was even able to take his family and some friends uh, surfing in Tahiti on his own dime. Oh, sweet. So money was absolutely flowing. So Chris and Ed ended up being pretty good partners with each other because they kind of filled each other's cracks. They were total opposites. Mm-hmm. Chris was kind of like surfer dude, party animal, like just liked to talk to people, jovial, kind of the outgoing guy, you know, um, just one of those guys. He, he wouldn't be work like regular hours. He might show up at like, you know, 11 after a surf and right. then, you know, kind of work into the night. Basically. So he was kind of the social guy of the partnership. Yeah. And not to say he wasn't a hard worker, but... Just, On his own time. Right, right. Like, he didn't want to be buttoned down to be working in nine to five. Yeah. Whereas Ed Shin, completely opposite. He worked 
bankers hour no not bankers hours but business hours mm-hmm. you know eight to five whatever more traditional and, yep always dressed in a suit had all the very nice things um also um chris was single um ed had a family and kids um so so at this point in time if chris is around our age he would be about 30 years old or yeah yeah, yeah 30 years old at this time yep exactly so um yeah, it was just like it was a good partnership. They ended up, you know, getting along pretty well and uh, obviously being pretty successful. Um, but one thing Chris always talked about at this time was something called the moo, like the a cow, moo, like a cow. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the moo, uh, in his opinion, are the people that plot along just like cows and kind of take whatever being to- is told to them and take it, you know, as fact and everything. Kind of sitting behind your farmer, just plodding along, be like, "Yep, everything's good, everything's good," and just following somebody. Not even knowing that they're about to get slaughtered. So basically. not thinking outside the box, just... Sheeple. You okay, ever, you ever sheep. Hear... Yeah, I've heard of sheep. Yeah, right. But he called it the moo. Okay. For some reason. So, you know, he's a tech entrepreneur. He wanted Ooh, to be a little different. he wanted to be a little edgy. Yeah, exactly. So the moo. The moo, man. I don't want to be part of the moo. <laughs> not me, moo, muchacho. <laughs> so he was, he, he didn't, he just really hated people that were part of the moo. Like people who lived to work. Um, they weren't aware of conspiracy theories around them, in his opinion. Um, well, that's his opinion, you know. It's like, yeah, well, no, not to him. I mean, to him, it's like you're an idiot, basically. Kind of like, so he people. was a conspiracy theorist. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would okay. say so. I'd say that's accurate. Um, like the government was trying to control your taking away your liberties. Pharmaceutical companies are purposely poisoning people to maximize on profits. Okay, like just basically. Very similar to somebody I'm thinking of. And I think yeah, I know be. who you're thinking about, too. And, you know, those things may or may not exist. I don't know. So I'm not going to spend my days worrying about that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, yeah, there's there's definitely some some truth to some of those things. But it's not like a, you know, it's not like the whole world is being run yes. by three people. Because that would be, you know, there'd have to be a lot of orchestrated effort for that kind of, you know, success to be pulled off. Right. And I know there's a lot of shady shit that happens. For sure. Every single day in corporate America. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But it's not like there's five people running the entire world no. that are trying to do all these things together. So it's it, that kind of crazy shit, basically. So like, you know, it'd be like, okay, okay, Chris. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And yeah, there's, there's some truth, but it's, it's definitely he went a little further than that. He was convinced that he was more in the know than the moo. Okay. Basically. So he's looking down on these people that Absolutely. don't believe what he believes or doesn't work the schedule he works. Exactly. So he'd probably think I was part of the moo. Yeah. Because I work a quote unquote nine to five job. Yeah. Yes. Correct. Yeah. Um. So, you know, he would always do things outside of the moo. Like he'd invest a lot of his money into gold because he thought that currency in the U.S. would someday explode and just become useless. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, tons of inflation, just like, you know, kind of like end of the world type stuff. Um, okay. yeah, there's a lot of people, a lot of people with a lot of money are, get into this kind of theory of like mm. trying to, I've been listening to this other podcast, My First Million. I listen to a lot of business podcasts. And there's there's people with money that just, you know, they don't know what to do with their money, so they start like doomsday preparing. And there's even people without money that do doomsday preparing. So it's, it's doomsday scenarios. Okay. Yeah, so... Um. Yeah, or he talked to his friends about how you know really his ultimate goal is to set up a small shop in Tahiti and just be able to surf all day, or maybe buy a farm in Costa Rica, you know, and just kind of live off of some small profits there. Yeah, you know that that his goal was to be able to work just enough to to sell off a company and then just move somewhere where it's paradise. I mean, that sounds like a great plan. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I am definitely not a work to or live to work person at all. Right. You know, I'm I'm a hardworking person. I think it's important to have your, you know, priorities on right, but I I don't, you know, strap myself to my desk and just sit there all day because I want to. No. I'm like, let's get this going so I can get home and be back to what I want to be doing. Well, what's crazy is you get up super early in the morning and start working at home, um, like early, four thirty in the morning, something like that. Yes. And you get to work where there's people that you work like near a kitchen. You're so you're a dietitian. Yes. And there's people that you know might look at you and be like, "Oh, you're you're leaving already?" When it's like two o'clock, but it's like you've been working since four o'clock. Exactly. So. And I'm done. And that's just the point. It's like I've done all my 
my patient work. I'm I'm not sitting here just for the next two hours because you think I should. That is the point. You know, one of my worst, actually, my my worst job I've ever had was one where they made you sit at your desk until five o'clock. I mean, that's day. absurd. Like, sure, there'd be times when I needed to work till five thirty or six because I had some stuff to do. Of course, but I'm a human being and an adult, and you don't make me sit there at at, at five o'clock on a Friday when I've been done with work since like two, basically. So it's like it was so maddening to me and so mentally draining. So you know, I, I get it. I get the nine to five doesn't work. It's not a, a standard human thing. It's, well, it's and you shouldn't be punished for being efficient. No, absolutely not. So there's been plenty of studies where the four day work week might even work better and mm-hmm. reduced hours too. Because you, they say you fill the time that you have with the work. Well, of course, there's times I'll stretch out my work because I'm like, oh, so and so is going to be shaking their head if I get up and leave at twelve forty five or whatever. Yes, and that's a natural human thing to do. Whereas if you were only given four hours to do your work, you'd I'd probably get still done. get it done. I yes. know I would, like, and everybody else would too. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's that's where he kind of he was like, you know what? Just I just want to get the hell out of this rat race. Yes, I, I hear you because yeah. I'm in there too. Yep. So like I was saying, their business was doing incredibly well, but Chris felt like he was quickly becoming part of this move and didn't like it. He felt like he's working more hours. He's getting more into it. It's just like this is not my life that I imagined here. So, it you know, work did require a lot of his more of his time and he didn't like it. So less and less time to play, go in the direction he was really afraid of. So then one day, Chris was gone. Hmm. And, you know, it's it's hard because you want to make all this money. And with this money, it does take time and, and work and effort. Sure. Yep. So it's like you want the best of both worlds, you know? Yep. So one day he was just gone. Just gone. On June, uh, I think, uh, let's see. In June of 2010, uh, Chris was supposed to pick up his brother, Paul, and his family from the airport. So... Um, after a family vacation, they were coming back and they were like, Chris, you pick us up? You're like, yep, I'll be there. Mm -hmm. And they flew in. Chris never showed up. This never runs well. Yep. No notes, no explanation, no call, no, you know, whatever. I don't even know if texting was a thing here. And normally he is a pretty reliable guy. Yeah. I mean, at the very least, you call and be like, yeah, I'm running late. Like nothing. So it's just like nothing, just off the grid completely. So... The family right away, um, you know, his parents and his brothers and, you know, everything, uh, they go to Ed Shin right away, his yeah. business partner. And they're like, hey, have you heard anything? Like, this, you know, he's, he's supposed to pick me up at the airport. Um, we don't have anything from him. Like, what, you know, what's the last thing you heard from him? Ed informed the family that Chris was done with the rat race or the moo. Mm-hmm. And he said he sold his shares of 800 exchange to uh, uh, to Ed for a million dollars and he took the money and ran so he never informed his family that he was thinking about doing this nope like that's a big decision it is it is but i'm going to kind of talk it about it a little bit more here but he this isn't totally outside of the realm of possibility for him mm-hmm. because he's such an adventurer sure so it's it's kind of something that okay yeah we'll see so a few days later on june 7th 2010 Chris's parents got an email from Chris updating them on where he was. Mm. So this was good. Okay. They're like, okay, well, I'm on, I'm going on vacation, probably three-week trip to Galapagos Islands in Costa Rica. I'll let you know for sure by Friday. Okay. Love you too. But didn't get to hear Chris's voice. Right. So it was a little odd and sudden, and just, you know, but not completely, like I said, crazy for mm-hmm. someone like Chris, who's always out there just yeah. kind of doing his thing. And he's single. He doesn't have kids or a wife or whatever. He can shoot off at the blink of an eye. Yep. And he also dumped his girlfriend, who I think was also his fiance. Um, her name's Erica. Mm. Um, I, I only read one place that it was fiance and another place that just said girlfriend. So I, I'm pretty sure she was a fiance. Um, but he also dumped her via text. Oh. And it was a long time relationship. And this was a girl that he referred to as marriage material several several times. Yeah, and that would just be, she would be the one to know, like, is this possible? Right. I mean, it'd be like you texting me and saying, like, I want a divorce and then disappearing. Yeah, and in the research I did, it didn't seem, like, you know, I'm sure she was concerned and stuff, and but at the same time hurt because she just got dumped via text. It, it's like, is this like him? Because if you sent that to me, I'd be like, unless he had a mental breakdown, no, this is not Mike. Well, me, not at all. Well, that's no. what I'm saying. She <laughs> would know if and... he was capable of that. I feel like she thinks he's capable of this. Okay. Yes. The, the, by and large, the whole family thinks he's capable of this. Okay. 
So this isn't at all like, I mean, it's impossible. It's kind of a dick move, basically. They're like, oh, he's being a dick. He's thinking about himself. Yeah. He's getting in- internal again about these conspiracy theories. He wants to run away. But it's all possible. But hey, good. He sold his shares for a million bucks. Let the kid have some fun. Sure. Not kid, we only get one life, blah, blah, blah. Not kid. He's 32. But, you know, your, your kids are forever your kids. Basically. Of course. So, you know, it was a little odd and sudden. But, you know, again, not not completely crazy. So he also texted his brother a picture of a former playboy playmate girlfriend. Her name was Tiffany Taylor saying like, Hey, check this out. Check this girl out that I'm, I'm hanging out with now. She's a playboy playmate. Not bad. Huh? And they're like, okay, yeah, cool, man. Yeah, not Congrats. bad. Great. And then the girlfriend, ex, ex-girlfriend hears about it. She's like, Oh, so he breaks up with me via text and goes hanging out with some yeah. playboy playmate. Just here. plunge the knife even further into my chest. Oh, he was plunging something, <laughs> but That's it wasn't a sure. knife. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, so, you know why this wasn't like typical the kind of girl he would go for they were also like okay he's kind of off the deep end here he just wants to have a a blast he's got a million bucks to blow he's going to spend it with this girl and you know some arm candy or whatever he is in thailand or wherever the hell he's going galapagos islands and uh costa rica so they're like all right yeah well you know he's he's just traveling and having a great time you know hopefully he's fine and safe basically so the family ended up receiving several other emails from Chris over the following weeks. Um, said he was having a great time, always extending his trips to new exotic locations. Um, I read some of the letters, and you know, they were all in the same, you know, just, just like Chris would always say, some spelling errors here and there, and just kind of quick stuff like, oh, went sailing, met this dude. He took me sailing here and there. Um, you know, we were kind of thinking about doing some business ventures and this and that, just kind of keeping everybody updated what's going on. Um the emails continually updated the family and his whereabouts, where he was going, say he didn't want a cell phone so he could stay disconnected from the Matrix. Quote. Okay, that's what I was wondering, because I'm like, why hasn't he called anybody? Yeah, so it, it was weird that he hadn't called, but at the same time, they're like, he's got to be having like a breakdown or something, or it's something, just some, you know, too stressed for life and whatever. He's, and I don't know what his relationship was with his mother, but they don't um, talk about his mom at all okay because i know like if it was my and i'm not judging anybody i'm no, just putting maybe myself it was great, maybe it was a great relationship like I, don't know. I would expect my kid to call me and i want to hear your voice and know that everything's okay like fine that you're doing this you're an adult and you have this money but i want to hear the tone in your voice do you sound well do you sound like you're mentally okay right right because this is a big upheaval like you've sold this business and boom you're gone and it's dangerous traveling all these different places you don't really know a lot yeah but i'm again i'm not judging i'm just no no well you're right because at this point i say his family was concerned why he never ever called yeah so he didn't have a cell phone because of this matrix yeah he didn't want to be connected to the matrix aka like people hearing what he has to say just life and stuff in general okay. he wanted to get away and only connect when he wanted to okay that that was what the email said but that still they were like you said concerned sure so yeah they were in step step lock with you kind of thinking okay we want to hear from him and hear mm-hmm. hear his voice that's yeah. reasonable so around the second month of his disappearance after initially saying he'd only be gone for three weeks now we're in two months in mm-hmm. um this family started getting suspicious especially his dad being a former cop oh okay so he's basically cops are built to be suspicious all the time sure be looking around and just kind of taking in the inventory you know we have a very close police friend and he's always looking around he it's knows. it's kind of like when you murder podcast or yeah. listen to them right like i look at people in the parking lot and i assume they're murderers i consider myself basically a policeman <laughs> no i consider myself somebody that is suspicious no. of anyone that looks potentially amiss yes and it could be a very innocent person just standing by their car but in my mind they're gonna hit me over the back of the head and pull me into their car that pen is gonna be plunged into your carotid artery exactly yeah and yeah. it's hey, it's better to be prepared so i can't imagine a police mentality like you know yep so chris's dad sent a email asking questions he felt only chris would know good okay so he goes, what was the boat we had when you were a kid? Mm-hmm. In, Smart. Uh, in, back in 1992. And what was the lake that we lived next to? Um, she, you know, and he was basically saying like, hey, um, just to prove that you're you. Yeah, absolutely. And the person, or maybe it's Chris, and maybe it's not. And if it's not Chris, he's going to know that what that the dad is on to him. Yep. So, yeah, or exactly. her or whoever. Right. Whether they answer this correctly somehow, some way or not, they're like, oh, shit. Things, yeah, things they know. Things are real. So Chris took a little time to answer, uh-huh. but he answered them correctly. Really? Yep. So now I did a little research, and it seems like he only answered the lake question. 
correctly okay, and, and kind of ignored the boat question. They just didn't answer it? Yeah, that's what there's... Okay, I read several sources now, just so you guys know. I read several sources... In my per- professional opinion here, as a professional... Well, you do you said you're a policeman, right? Yeah, basically a policeman. <laughs> uh, in my professional police opinion... <laughs> I'm just kidding, police officers. Yes, I'm not you. Mike is not claiming to be... He's just joking. I'm joking. So um, I think it was just the lake one. Now, okay. immediately when I read about this and I thought about it, I was thinking it's kind of easy to find where he, what lake he lived next to. Because you can pay 20 bucks for a background check of anybody to get all the addresses they've ever lived at mm-hmm. in their life. Right, like I could get all your addresses, and like if you ever apply for credit, you'll see those questions. Like, um, pick the street that is was part of your life. Mm-hmm. You know, you see a street from college, you see a street from you know this place, this time in your life, um, this apartment, you know, whatever it might be. There's a list on your credit report that has all your addresses. Right. So you know, and uh, there's an easy way to get that kind of stuff, and and you'd still be guessing though. Um, no, you'd, I mean, well, maybe back then, but right now I promise you, if you give me somebody's name and I can tell you what lake they grew up next to or what the store was across the street. Okay. Oh, so it was the lake we grew or were next to, not the one we would go on vacation to. No, it was okay, near their it, house. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So that's why he was a wakeboarder. It wasn't like a vacation. It was yeah. right by their house. Okay. Got it. Yep. So, um, that, that's pretty easy. So I don't know if the dad was just older and he thought that might be really hard. But I think with technology, especially Silicon Valley, you know, people pay, right. pay somebody, pay private dick a hundred bucks. Uh-huh, I sure. love saying private dick, by the way. And Very mature of you, Mike. Thank you. So, okay. He, he answered that one. And then people were saying, you know, um, what was the boat we had? That was much harder. Like I, maybe he could talk to his brother. Uh, Paul or something. So I'm also going to mention later, Paul actually works at the 800 exchange. Oh, uh, Chris got him a job earlier. Okay. Um, early, like early in 800 exchange just to be able to work with him and stuff. Uh-huh. So maybe he had a conversation with Paul and he just kind of brought it up like, Oh, Hey, <laughs> uh, but you, do you know anything about boats? You know, I'm looking to get a boat. Like, have you ever had one? And then you get that. Oh yeah. Did you guys like name it or something? You know, uh-huh, like sure. he could, he could get it that way. So you were suggesting that, um, this person who may or may not be Chris was emailing the brother on the side to potentially get this information right okay correct so but he did not answer the question about the boat name we i don't know that for sure okay i know that but it seems like he didn't it seems like he didn't but it, yeah it, it was enough to be like okay well he answered a question correctly so i'm We're not good. yeah i don't think this isn't a red flag where i'm going to the cops right this second so this relieved the father's suspicions a little bit so months went by again now it's october and 800 exchange was still doing really well uh one thing like, oh, I said it right here. So Paul got into the business from his brother, Chris. So Paul was the guy that he was supposed to pick up, mm-hmm. and he never did. So Paul got into the business early on, still actively working at the company. So anyways, it's October 2010, and things are going so well that Ed Chin, the you know the co-owner, he um, is now the sole CEO of the company after the buyout. He flew the entire staff out to Las Vegas for the purposes of partying and securing new clients. Okay. And you know what I was thinking is that when Chris sold or uh, sold out for like a million dollars, I thought in my head, like, you could be missing out on like tens of millions of dollars if you just stuck around a little longer. Right. Absolutely. You know, and he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that would miss out on a potential windfall but at the same time he wanted to get out as soon as possible i get it so maybe in 32 he's a million dollars i don't think a million is a lot in california no i don't think so at all especially if you want to ditch the whole nine to five and just surf and this and that like you want to go out knowing you're set for life yeah and i mean that will make you set for life in costa rica yeah so i guess but he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that wants to settle for less than what he could get yeah i think i would picture more like 10 million yeah you know something like i wouldn't you know want to just go out with a million well in the u.s you wouldn't survive the rest of your life so um so anyways yeah he flew out the entire company to las vegas and was like all right let's party it up a little bit great job so far and also let's meet some new clients new businesses we can we can do some business Mm -hmm. with here so um chris's brother paul is hanging out at the party and uh who do you think walked into the party not chris not chris uh i mean i don't know former playboy playmate tiffany taylor interesting well here you go what are the odds of that i know crazy right this is just a fluke um kind of okay so i I can kind of tell you if you remember to ask me about it later i could tell you oh yeah i mean i'm gonna be curious about this that Chris happened to send a picture like, oh, look who I'm with. And then she walks into this Vegas place. Yeah, I think it'll come together a little bit. But if I don't specifically mention it, then then definitely ask me. 
So yes, it was Tiffany Taylor, the Playboy Playmate, who the brother, Chris, had been spending a ton of time with and all these adventures. So, you know, Paul's excited to kind of walk over there and be like, okay, what have you guys been up to? Where are the, some of the places you've gone? You know, ask some questions. How's he been, man? He's been weird, you know, not calling us at all. So, um, yeah, Paul goes over and uh, he introduces himself and Tiffany just kind of blankly stares at him and is like, I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. I don't know your brother. I haven't been with a guy. Like, oh my I don't, gosh. I have no idea. Seriously, none. And Talk about a sick feeling. Just kind of like, you know, you don't know if she's like thinking that you're just some creep that's trying to make something up or, you know, whatever it might be, but just blank. Just like, no, I never hang out with your brother. I don't even know who he is. I'm sure he believed her. Oh, totally. Yeah, of course. So um, that's definitely troubling at this point. Oh, that would be game over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... At this time, emails were coming. You know, Chris was saying he was in India, Africa, Europe, pretty much all over the globe. Uh, one of the emails said, The past year and a half has been such a nightmare for me. And I even contemplating doing, doing some unspeakable things to myself because I was so stressed, angry, scared, and confused. So he's starting to set up like a... A goodbye. Yes, basically. So um, emails were erratic, talking about drug use, and obviously suicidal, like I talked about there. Um, at one point, Chris had an idea... The email, uh, he had an idea in an email. He said he wanted to start a new company and he wanted Paul to help him set it up. But they needed a good chunk of change to do so. And his plan was to sell all of his gold in Africa while he's in Africa, um, which didn't sound exactly safe, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to have a shitload of gold and you're going to try to sell it. There's going to be somebody that's going to be after you, like, you know, just yeah. shady business dealings. And here's another email from Chris around this time. Just realize it's Christmas. Is it snowing in Bend? It's summer down here with it being so warm. I'm headed back up through the Congo. I'll be offline for a couple of weeks. Paid some dude 100 bucks just to be online, LOL. I found a dealer in Rwanda that will pay a 30% markup on gold Kruger, um, which are coins that are made from gold. Mm-hmm. There, so, And that was his last email. Never sent another one again. Ugh. So his mom was worried sick, even bra- browsing Rwandan message boards just to see if there's any talks of like a gold deal going down or something where it would make some sense oh yeah i found a white dude here you know who knows where he's from you know just trying to be desperate to try to find something about her son but at this point in time they know that the whole tiffany thing was a lie is it are they thinking that this could be some dude sitting in california just messaging about africa and the congo and gold yeah everything's up up for debate right now do they have police involvement Chris's dad contacted the U.S. State Department. Okay. Hoping to find where Chris's passport was last used. Uh, he provided a bunch of dates and emails to kind of help him out, being like, "Here he was here at this date, he was here at this date. Can you see if any of them track back to yeah. his, his passport use? The problem, Chris's passport had not been used in years. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. Just like he never left America. So we know he never left. Yep. Well, we're pretty sure. How would he have gotten to Africa and wherever else it was he was going without using his passport? This is like deja vu to the other story you were telling us about the um, McStay family. Yeah. Yeah. This is, um, you're actually asking the perfect questions as I'm about to tell you some stuff. So good job. I, I talk too much. Sorry. No, no, not at all. This is actually perfect. I, everybody, it's like you ask the questions everybody's wondering. Yeah, but then you're going to eventually get to it and I've just <laughs> wasted your time. <laughs> no, it's right now. So the fi- family contacted Ed Shin. Uh, since they know he was absolutely the last person to talk to him since you know before we were heading out. Mm-hmm. So he told the family that Chris was in a contact with a fixer who had sold Chris a fake passport. Oh, why would he want to? So that he can't be traced? Yeah, so he wouldn't be traceable while traveling for some reason. I don't think so. Then it's like, hmm. Why would he do that? You know? Fixer. I mean, he had a perfectly good passport. He wasn't doing anything illegal. Yeah, he's not doing anything illegal. Why would he possibly do that? Unless they think maybe the FBI is trying. Although, you know, with Chris being such a conspiracy theorist, maybe it's like, well, he had a lot of gold. He didn't want people to know about it. Um, you know, but who would know about it? The U.S. government, maybe. I don't know. I, I, don't yell at me. Why are you saying that? <laughs> Um, but then, so right around then, the Laguna Beach Police Department took over the case. Yeah. And they started questioning Ed Shin. Oh, that's a good place to start. Asking things like, how much money was your company making? Uh, he answered that in the first five months, the company made a million dollars in revenue. And about 80% of it was profit. Mm-hmm. So about $800,000 Yeah. Profit. And in one month, you said? Uh, in about five months. Five months. Yep. And the third year, they made about five to eight million dollars, which I thought was weird because he's a numbers guy. And it's like, did you make five or did you make eight? That's kind of yeah, a big, that's a big difference. Yeah, I that's thought, a three million dollar difference. Yeah. 
<laughs> like, okay, I, I don't get that. Maybe it depends on the, the side of the business you're looking at or something. Uh, yeah, I, I guess there's a bunch of things that can go into it. But he was always thinking about making a bunch of money and taking off with it, is what he was saying to the, the police. He wanted to go to Costa Rica permanently. Ed? Um, that's what... So Ed is saying this about Chris oh, I'm to like, the police. Ed sounds like he's mirroring what Chris wants. Sorry. No, the police was questioning Okay, Ed. got it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Ed also went into how Chris was into the economic collapse of the United States and how he's into the conspiracy theories like we talked about and how there's only a few people that control everything in the U.S. and the rest of us are puppets. Mm-hmm. So it it's kind of makes sense. He's like, okay, well, he didn't want to you know, be trackable and he was a crazy conspiracy theorist. Like that's kind of the, the picture that Ed's painting about Chris. Mm-hmm. So... Ed also said that Chris signed the papers to sell his shares of the company and just went off the deep end kind of immediately. Um, Ed said at one point, Chris trashed the office, um, breaking bottles of wine everywhere. And he said, we came in in the morning and Chris smelled like piss and vomit. What? Yeah. Like he just kind of blacked out and pissed himself and, and puked all over the place. Was Chris ever known to be, you know, erratic like this? Not from the research I've done. Um, but at the same time, he's a, kind of a party guy so i don't think it's totally crazy when he just sold you know maybe he views himself as super you know successful now and he, he sold the company and he just kind of why would you trash an office and break a bunch of wine bottles and then piss on yourself and vomit on yourself well because ed ed came in the next day and was like why'd you trash the place and chris said he had no clue and that he must have completely blacked out okay blackout drunk yeah he said he was writing doing some programming for the or, or no actually writing scripts for the commercials that they were doing um, and but he was on Lunesta and was also doing cocaine to counter oh. the effects of the Lunesta. Wowzers! Why would you take Lunesta if you want to stay awake and do work? Well, because I mean, people you know people that use it recreationally like Lunesta and what's the Ambien? Oh, I guess I didn't realize people do that. Yeah, that's they why they take a sleeping pill and then try to stay up. Yeah, because then sounds you feel, like a nightmare. You feel like crazy, I guess. Or whatever. why would you want to feel crazy? People are crazy. I, they don't they. People like drugs, Allison. I, I don't like drugs. Drugs, are, drugs are bad. Stay man. away from drugs, kids. Don't do drugs. Yep. So just a complete mess. And he's like, I, I have no idea what I did. You know, when you're walking around an Ambien or whatever, like uh-huh. we don't know. We've never taken it, but we, you've heard those stories about sure. people driving to the work and not even know. I actually did take Ambien once oh. um, like 13 years ago. Oh. And remember, I wrote a uh, blog post. Yes. And you don't even remember it. No. <laughs> and that was the last time I ever took it. I was having horrific sleep problems and so I was prescribed Ambien, and I only took it like maybe three times. But I was like, Mike, did you put a blog post on my blog? And you were like, no. <laughs> and I was like, what? And you're like, yeah, you came out here and wrote it. And I was like, what? <laughs> that was scary. Yeah. And uh, just to be, people are probably, probably questioning your blog. Like, it never got big or anything. No, no. It was only for baby pictures and such like Basically that. Basically, so the family before like Facebook even? Oh, I think so. Oh, yeah, it was before Facebook. Like, we want something to I look think. back on. They, oh, we wanted it for our own family to look back on. Yeah, because, be to... you know, we're from Illinois and we were living in Florida, so other people could check in and see pictures of Cameron as a baby. And actually updated the website as Cameron was born. Uh-huh. Um, I think people on the blog saw it before your mom, who was at the hospital with us. Yeah, they saw that. Uh, that was, I think, I don't know, but anyway. Yeah. To, yeah, but anyway, those I sleeping digress. pills are, like, no joke. Yes. So, um, yeah, he blacked out, and yeah, that, that was a story. So now we get to January 2011. The 800 Exchange Company was nowhere to be found. Um, they left the office they were renting, and they owed about forty thousand dollars in rent uh, to the landlord. So the landlord was pissed because you know he was looking for this company who's supposed to be renting from him, owes him forty grand for having the space, and is just gone. Hmm. He comes in, he's like, "Holy shit, they're gone! They just like left, just cleared out, and left." Yep. So he couldn't find Ed, the owner, at this time. Um, but uh, Paul had also left the company by this time as well. Oh, so Paul was not even involved at this point. Right. Okay. He had left. He's like, well, I don't even know what he was doing. But Got it. Uh, lucky for the landlord, he was right next to a private dick again. So another like private dick. private in this dick. Case, private investigator who took the case to find uh, 800 Exchange, where they were currently doing business. So relatively quickly, they found out the 800 Exchange was in another business park a few miles down the road and uh, in another office. And so, if they're generating such revenue, why don't you just pay your $40,000 rent? I don't know. Um, the investigator also looked at the Chris Smith case when he found out about Chris's disappearance. Because, you know, he's an investigator and he's curious. curious. He's just like, huh. So the guy is just... Disappeared. He, he sold it and he disappeared and the family hasn't heard from him. They don't know. And, you know, he knows it's a little fishy here. So 
uh, immediately he felt like the emails were being faked. Uh-huh. He's just like, yeah, this doesn't seem right. Um, the investigator asked if he could look around the old 800 exchange office, which it turned out the police never did. What? Yeah. So the police must have believed that this was Chris because there was no big digging. Yeah. They must if have you been. didn't even look in the office, there was no digging happening. I mean, I know you and I, you know, like to look at like equal parts and not like blame somebody, but I think that's a pretty huge oversight. Well, it's just assuming that this was Chris in Africa or whatever, and he used a fake passport and blah blah blah. You're you're assuming that because you didn't look. Basically, it's like I'll believe any story you tell me. Oh yeah, okay, that sounds good. All right, no, we're all good here. That was Chris. Yeah, he even, just wanted to be off the grid. Even though the playmate never, you know, wasn't real, and we've never heard from this guy. Um, you know, yeah, we're just gonna take your story for fact and just not even investigate anything. Is basically what the police did in Laguna Beach. I wonder what the parents were doing at this point. You know, it's like this is not my son that's emailing me. I right. know it. It's like a parent would know. Oh, they at this point they know. They're like something's fucked here. Yeah. You know? So when looking through the office, this private investigator. Uh-huh. Uh, they he noticed there were some small dark stains. Oh my gosh! In Chris's old office on the light switch and in the door jam. Okay. Yep, stains looked like blood. So they called in police, who used that luminol. Yes. Um, to find traces of DNA, they found it all over the place. Oh my goodness! Lit up like a Christmas tree, they say. So they sampled the findings and confirmed it was Chris's blood. That sucks. They even found some on the ceiling, on what the walls, the hell? like just kind of a just. A bloodbath. Yeah, basically. So it turned out in the weeks before Chris took his trip, quote uh-huh. unquote, Chris wanted to get out of the company. Um, so he had told some people, he's like, you know, I, you know, I just kind of want to get out of this thing and whatever. And It was going in the direction he didn't want to go in. Yes. And not because he wanted to necessarily get away, but because he found out Ed Shin was involved in some shady deals. Mm. So, so he didn't want to be part of that. Yes. So it wasn't necessarily about getting away. It was more about getting away from Ed Shin. No association any longer. Cut ties. I don't want to be associated with this guy. Yep. Ed Shin had some money issues long before he co-founded the 800 Exchange with Chris. So through church, um, back before he even met Chris, mm-hmm. Ed Shin met a guy named Joseph Gray. Joseph Gray gave Ed a job to run his successful company called LG Technologies. Okay. Um, which was pretty much the exact same kind of company as 800 Exchange, just selling these you know, leads to other businesses. I, I don't want to say shady, but it's like just not thankful work. It's like when I sold copiers, like people aren't like, ooh, you sell copiers around. Yeah. Wow, really helping the world. Like it's just kind of like, or car dealer. It's just kind of like, you know, it's looked at as kind of like, you know, just kind of shady, whatever. Mm-hmm. Not shady, just, yeah, whatever. So, um yeah like i said the same kind of company as 800 exchange ed changed the accounting information at lg so ed's actually running this company this guy was nice enough to give him like the entire company basically i don't know how like he was young and an up-and-comer very successful like i said you know very smart kid and all that he's like here why don't you run this company for me maybe he wanted you know this this guy joseph gray wanted to go run another company while this one's being run successfully so obviously he trusted ed yeah because he met him through church Uh uh-huh and you know so Ed Shin set up all the money so that it was deposited directly into his own private bank account. Oh my goodness. <laughs> like people, the, why? This is easily trackable. Like why? for such a smart guy, I don't get like I'm sure he had some, you know, scheme set up where it wasn't like his his checking account or something. Yeah, because that just it would be glaringly obvious that yeah. you're doing this. I'm sure he set up another business account, but it was one that only Ed had access <sighs> to. So like anytime somebody paid the company, they're paying Ed Shin. And not not even just like siphoning a little here and a little there, nope, like just nope. taking it all. Yes, every piece of revenue was coming to Ed. Unbelievable. Yep. Because you would think if he wanted to be under wraps, it's like, oh, I'll put 10% out of each Correct. dealing. Yeah, or create a shadow company or shell company and be like, hey, we got to pay this uh, this commercial company for coming up with these scripts. Yeah, and I'm not saying you should be shady. Like, well, that's the better way to do it, though. But less obvious. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you're begging to be caught. So he ended up making about $2 million this way. <laughs> two million bucks just being able to skim i mean not skimming off the top getting all the money and uh so joseph went after him for the money obviously, obviously. the court ordered ed to pay back around seven hundred thousand, which i don't know why it wasn't the full two million but so he gets to keep 1.3 million <laughs> i guess so i don't okay. know um or else that he'd go to jail so ed also owed about 117 grand to a company that printed sports mem- memorabilia magazines i don't know how that happened uh, so on, he's big in the hole here. Yeah, yeah. On top of another debt, uh, 175 grand in gambling debt. Holy cow. So Shin loved to gamble in Vegas. Like, Sounds like it. And he loved to be like a high roller and treated well. Like he just like got off on that shit. Like, Ugh. like a big deal. He's like, yeah, I'm the, I'm the man. You Ew. Know? 
So, I always say that's small penis syndrome. Oh, total small penis. As as our kids know as well. They you, you mentioned that a lot of times when when, <laughs> when somebody's somebody, like racing down the street with their like super loud car. I'm like, clearly he has a small penis. Yeah, gigantic truck or very fast car. Yeah. Um. So a handler remember a handler at one of the uh, casinos. You know that was interviewed about this. Uh-huh. He, he remembers at one point Ed Sheen lost one hundred forty thousand dollars in an hour of blackjack. What? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So this is the the exact kind of guy that they want in Vegas as much as possible. Of course. So, he just lost a hundred and do you say a hundred and forty? Hundred and forty grand in one hour. How is that possible? Sixty minutes. What kind of table was he sitting at? Um high rollers table, I Yikes. guess. Yikes. So this is why they, they gave him private jets to fly out whenever he oh, wanted. Of course. Set him up in nice dinners and stuff like that. Oh, I'm getting comped. I'm getting it for free. No, dude, you're not getting it for free. When people say they're comped and oh yeah, look at what the casinos it's like this is a money making business. You're not getting shit for free. Well, they are getting it for free, but it's uh-huh. an exchange for in what they're how much are they in the hole in this casino? Right. They're about to trade that five thousand dollars of value for about twenty to thirty thousand dollars of profit for the Unbelievable. The casino. Yeah, the casinos aren't stupid. I would say they're there for a reason. I'm not a gambler, so I can never wrap my head around. I kind of hate gambling. Like, it's it's against you. It's like you're not winning. It's it's no. mathematically made so you don't win. You're not winning. And if you win this time, you're going to lose next time. Unless you're somebody that sets aside X money and you go very, like, rarely if ever, and you do win. Okay, fine. Yes, you won. Sure. But in the grand scheme of things, you are not winning. The law of averages, you're yes. going to end up losing your money. So, I, you know, when I go to Vegas, it's going to you know bring a few hundred bucks expect it to be totally gone yeah basically. pace yourself and it's entertainment purposes. yeah it's entertainment yeah that's it so um yeah this was you know just his the way he liked doing things this handler would like set up you know nice dinners or go to clubs and stuff and bring out like models and, and set them up and just so they'd hang out with him and stuff oh. like that it's like dude they're not hanging out with you because they think you're cool they're getting paid to hang out with you yeah but he's just felt like such a cool dude because all these oh. hot girls were hanging out with them and he knew they were models being paid to hang out with them I would feel so dirty. So this guy, Ed, just I want to paint this picture. He's a piece of shit, right? So well, I think we I, sounds like you're painting a pretty solid picture here. I think we can agree on that. So they bring Ed Shin back in for questioning, obviously. Um, eventually, he admitted that he had killed Chris Smith on June fourth, twenty ten. My gosh, that's so sad. Yep, for money. But here's the here's the story he came up with. Um, Ed stuck with the piss and vomit story. He said they started pushing and shoving. He's like, yeah, he just got blackout drunk. I'm like, you know, then all of a sudden, so the story changed from he got blackout drunk and he left to he got blackout drunk. I came in in the office this morning. I saw that everything was moved around. I'm like, what the hell do you think you're doing in my office? You know, whatever. So he added to the story saying we got into a shoving match at this point. And so, you know, the words were exchanged. You know, he came at me. Um, and all of a sudden, he tripped and hit his head on his desk. And mm-hmm. he was laying there bleeding. And that's when you call 911. Right. So you hit the head on the corner of the desk. So what did Ed do? He called a Russian associate. Oh, oh, or 911 or nope. a Russian associate, nope, nope. you know. Yeah, he wanted to call his Russian associate named Johnny Vegas Caponin. This is a Russian person <laughs> named Johnny Vegas Caponin? Well, his nickname is Vegas. But, but and it's probably Johnny Caponin. It's probably like Jonas Caponin or something like that. But mm-hmm. Johnny Vegas Caponin, who sent an associate who would make Chris's body disappear. Oh, okay. And that's all he knows. Because if you were being shoved and whatever, and somebody accidentally in a blackout stupor fell and hit their head, you'd just call nine one one. Right. Well, no, you would want to call your associate to get rid oh, of the body. Of course. So Ed doesn't remember exactly who came in to get the body. He said he didn't know them. They just got it and it was gone. Doesn't know where they took it. All that stuff. Unbelievable. Yeah. So the same date that these men met, um, you know, Chris and Ed to sell the, you know, to sell the company and all that stuff, Chris sent an email address to his lawyer, or at least someone sent an email address mm-hmm. from Chris's email account saying that he sold his shares of the company for $30,000 in 10 gold coins worth about 15 grand. So about $45,000 in all, not mm-hmm. the $1 million the that he had previously mentioned. So then Ed happened to have rented a truck at the same time. Okay, rented a truck, and uh, Ed took this truck to an, a remote area of the desert, 170 miles east of San Diego, near the Mexico border, because he was pinged on his uh, cell phone. They uh-huh. found out. Ed did this twice, and it was confirmed, like I said, by mobile phone pings. Certainly, he wasn't bearing his ex-partner. You don't think? Of right? course, he was. Yeah, he, no, 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 he wasn't. So the reason Ed drove out there it was totally logical. Was that? 
he was so distraught from having killed his partner that he just wanted to get away from it Clear all. His head Clear his head. Just out get in away. the desert. Yeah. He said, well, he was thinking about going to Mexico because it was near the border. He's like, you know what? I'm, maybe I'll just leave this country and go to Mexico. Leave his wife and children and whatever mm-hmm. just be like yeah but you know he decided against it and then you know he went back one more time and then just again, to double check that he was sure he didn't yeah. want to do this went to the same area double check and he's uh-huh. like no nope, s- still don't want to go okay so did the cops go out to this area where he's pinging um they did yep and didn't find anything huh unfortunately so but this is the same police force that didn't even didn't think look of, in the office <laughs> yes that the office lit up like a christmas tree yes yes so um Ed insisted that, yeah, and the reason he drove out there, like I said, was so that he was thinking of moving to Mexico. Um, and so instead of fleeing to Mexico, he decided to send some emails on Chris's behalf. And pretend that he was off the grid and traveling the, the world. Yep. He said he felt bad, so he just wanted to you know, make people think that Chris was still alive. It's like, did you think that, oh, well, I guess he was setting it up that Chris was going to commit suicide or get himself in a really big pickle with the African gold and this and that. Right. So he was setting it up to end the story. Yep. And, you know, obviously, as, like you said, the, the office lit up like a Christmas tree. You got to mm-hmm. think, like, what the hell? I didn't, like, try to cover it up or anything? Get new carpet. Yeah. Scrub the ceiling. So it turned up he did try to cover it up. Um, at one point, the 800 exchange was closed for a week. All employees were told to work remotely because they said that Chris just messed up the office, that he pissed and... Broke the wine. Yeah, broke the wine, and that it wasn't safe for them to come in. So he hired a cleaning crew to come in. Okay, they did a really a shitty week. job. Yeah, I guess so. Well, what I mean, did they do for the week? Cause well, they probably wiped it off, but maybe like DNA stayed there or something. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But You'd yeah. think they'd be painting and replacing <laughs> ceiling tiles and carpet. And... Which is probably why he wanted to move. Yeah. I would guess. Um, so the cleaners asked about all the blood because it was all over this room. I mean, I'm sure Ed wiped it up some of it, but it was still a shitload of blood. Oh my gosh. But, you know, rest assured, Ed said that he cut himself while uh, cutting an apple. It's like, sir, <laughs> did you hemorrhage? Cause you seem to be fine to me. Were you attempting a suicide at the same time? Yeah. Yeah. So if Chris just fell, why was there blood on the ceilings, on the walls? No. Why was it all over the place? Like this is a scene that was a clear, like something happened, murder scene, whether it was a stabbing or a yeah. beating or, you know, some kind of splatter analysis. Right. Like, yeah. Shit had went down at this. Office. No head was hit and got on the ceiling. Yep. So instead of giving Chris money, Ed decided he would kill Chris and bury his body in the desert. So Chris was definitely coming at Ed at this time and being like, Hey, I want to get out of this. I want, you know, pay me a million bucks. And we'll just call it what it is. Yeah. And why not just let that happen? Because he didn't want to pay him a million? Yeah. Ed didn't have a million dollars. Okay. Because he's so in the hole. Correct. Ed needed this to keep on going. It was probably stealing shit from the same company, too. Uh, or, or at least, you know, preparing to. Right. And so once Chris, the smart guy, was like, you're going to screw me, too, buddy. Yes. I'm out of here. So basically, he, he got out at a perfect time, but didn't know he was dealing with a psychopath. Yeah. He and then just wanted to, Ed wanted to just get rid of Chris. Yeah. So Ed figured it was much easier just to kill him and then send emails to his family and give them hope for a year, you know, months down the road. Unbelievable. Yep. Um, so like I said, police went out to the area where his phone was pinged, but couldn't find location of the body. To this day, the body has not been found. So Ed told them where he was buried? No. But you're admitting all of this. Why not just say where you buried him? Ed is sticking to the story about somebody took the body. Okay, but we know that that's likely not the case. Ed's also saying that there's a a secret behind it and he can't reveal it. Uh Uh-huh. He, so, he wants to be this mysterious, like, cool guy that's like, I, you know, you'll you'll know eventually or whatever. And you have no money. Why would a Russian guy come and take the body? Like, you don't even have any money to pay this guy. Yeah. I mean, well, maybe he pays him 10 or 15 grand. He has 10 or 20 or 30 grand. But not the kind of money that, yeah. like, a million. Right. He has some liquid money because he's getting paid every, you know, couple weeks or whatever from the business. But um, so in t- 2018, Ed's trial finally started which was seven years after he was arrested and charged. So, Why? Because legal just delays things. They challenge uh, dis- different um, uh, things that were brought up to the table, evidence, and just kind of challenging things. It's it's like, it's, just, it's insane how long these things go. Yeah. Right? So for seven years, he was in prison, though? Yes. Okay. So he can't remember exactly what happened, thinks Chris may have hit him, but remembers throwing Chris to the office and thinks Chris took a couple steps and was trying to choke me. And I remember saying, oh, when Chris hit hit his head, I said, oh, my God, several times. I was so worried. And they were like, do you regret not calling the police? He said, yeah, I regret. I should have called the police immediately, blah, blah, blah. So the jury got together, and in less than an hour, they came back, found Ed Shin guilty, sentenced him to life in prison, 
And he's sticking to the story of this being an accident. But the blood spatter on the ceiling clearly tells that this is not how Chris died. And it's like, you obviously that was said to Ed in court or wherever. Like, this spatter analysis confirms that he didn't fall back and hit his head on the desk. What really happened? Right. Like, just own up. You're you're in jail. Like, fess up to what you actually did. Yeah, he's just such a narcissist. You know, just that whole thing. At least give the parents closure that they find the body and they can bury their son right. or whatever it is they want to do with his remains. Yeah. And they know he's out there somewhere. It's just it's That's sad. sad. So sad. It's amazing what people are willing to do for money. Yep. It always amazes me because I'm just not like that. Yep. I know I've talked about it before. Like, I just want enough money to be able to be comfortable in life and... You know, I just can't wrap my head around that somebody would just kill somebody. Well, money becomes like the your idol, basically. It depends. It becomes everything that you think about, and you're thinking, "Holy shit! If I don't have money, I'm screwed. I'm letting down me, my family, whatever." And really, I mean, it's nice to have a good amount of money, but at the same time, it's not the most important thing. Just like lower your, you know, the way you live or something. But of course, this is a guy that's in a casino with paid models around him, and And also is didn't he have a wife and kids? Yes. Why did he have models around him? Just to have girls that are Ew. interesting. Oh, and they would probably have sex with him too. So. Ew. Yeah. He was a disgusting piece of shit. Um, so anyways, so that's the end of the story. But um, you remember the, the Playboy model? Yes. So that's where I think Ed was probably interacting with her at in Vegas. So she was one of the models hired to kind of hang out with Ed and his friends. Ed would take all of his friends to this these places and he would make sure that his handler did not tell his friends that he was paying for these models. So because he wanted to impress them. Yes. So he wanted to go out and like be the girls come around right away. They go to a club and he's like, see, watch. Usually hot chicks come up to me just because they know like I'm a big deal here. Oh, that's so sad. And so they'd come up and his friends would be like, oh, and they would get paid and they'd do other things at the end of the night, too, and whatever. So, um, yeah, this was probably one of the girls. So he's like, oh, I'll include this on an email. Uh Hey, look, um, I'm hanging out with this. So it was through Ed Shin that he met this girl in Vegas. And And then it came back to bite him in the ass. Yeah. I wonder if he saw the brother, um, Chris's brother talking to the model and he's like, oh crap, the jig is up. Yeah. I I hope so. I mean, maybe he didn't. And maybe that's why Paul wasn't, uh, killed by Ed. Cause that was probably a big thing, you know, talking to this, um, playboy former playboy model and being like oh she didn't spend time with chris yeah that's a huge red flag yeah see had he not included that detail yep. it probably would have gone on longer and then some of the other things i thought about was that fiance of chris's you know she gets dumped via text and sees you know he's just galvan around the world thinking that his life is better without me so the, the whole time he was not he was dead that's sad so sad yeah so they could have had this life together you know, it was working out really well so far and just... Oh, that's awful. You know, and you're the parents, you're thinking he's alive. Like, you could have known that your son was dead already. But well, and then, you know, you, you're you thinking, gosh, he's just like off the grid and like totally fine with being away from us. He didn't pick us up at the airport. He just disappears. Like, it's like we don't even know our son. Yeah. No, he was killed. Yep. So that's the story of Chris Smith and oh, uh, Ed Shin. Very sad. Yeah. So, hey, well, thanks, everyone, for listening. We appreciate the the time. Tell your friends, tell your wives, tell your mothers, tell your sisters. Um, Oh, I saw we got a bunch of listeners from Audible, from Amazon Audible. So super cool. Thanks for leaving uh, reviews. There's a few great ones up there, and we really appreciate it. We read every single one. And, uh, yeah, reach out to us on social media, Crime and Coffee, too, like I mentioned. I read everybody's message, and I'll get back to you, you know. So thanks for all the suggestions. Keep them coming. And uh, we just really, truly appreciate you for these 10,000 of listens and let's get to like a hundred thousand we would love it build the ship yeah thank you guys so much for being here and until next time we'll see you then cheers Bye. bye cheers